0: Hello, this is Brian Bullington and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Vintuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. It's good to have the chance to, uh, to do two on the bounce, <laughs> hopefully there will be some consistency. Last week we were looking at uh, justification, trusting Jesus for justification. Um, and we we, we described uh, justification as God's declaration, uh, a legal declaration that we are not guilty uh, before Him. And uh, we we described uh, uh, someone who is uh, sins and shame are removed in justification, um, but also someone who then is. Uh, uh, imputed or counted <clears throat> as as righteous as Christ is righteous uh, because uh, God puts that into us <clears throat> excuse me not enough water um so <clears throat> so uh, uh, last week we were considering um this this our status our identity before God <clears throat> and you hear people say oh my my god given rights and my god given this and my god given that um, as if they're uh, establishing their ownership of those things beyond all doubt. Uh, but when it comes to our, our identity in Christ, it is God-given. Our identity in Christ is our God-given identity because all that we've been talking about last week is given to us by God. Uh, he is the one, uh, Jesus is the one who dies on the cross. Uh, in justification, it is God who declares us to be not guilty. Um, it is God through Christ, who removes our sinfulness. It's God the Father uh, who, who credits us with Christ's righteousness. That's our identity in Christ, and it's all given to us by God. It's all a gift on offer. Uh, we don't do anything for this. Um, all, all we have to do is say, yes, Lord, I want that gift, and, and I want this, <laughs> uh, and, and God gives us all this. So so last week we were thinking uh, all that we were thinking about is 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 the is the work and the activity of God. We we can never work uh, to to be good enough to receive it or to earn it. It's all a gift of God. It's our God-given uh, identity. Um, it's such an amazing transformation. Uh, it's almost like starting life all over again. And uh, having said that, uh, let's have a look at John chapter three. <clears throat> Uh, Jesus actually said something very similar. This is what it's like to get this new identity. Uh, Now there was a man, uh, a a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who's come from God, uh, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Uh, Jesus replied, slightly segueing, uh, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And, and this, is this, this is this new identity. It's, it's so transforming. It's so different to what's gone before. It's like starting life all over again. Now, as Rico will tell you, uh, the word there, born again, in the Greek, uh, is, is actually has a double meaning. Um, so in, on the screen, uh, born again is there. Uh, it also means born from above. Uh, in other words, when we are born again, when we take this new identity, uh, God himself comes down through the through the Holy Spirit and and dwells in us uh, when when we take on this new identity we 're a new person we are new people because we now have we now walk around with God inside us, so it 's not only that we are born again uh, but we are born from above now, the thing is check the conversation that follows, okay to see how Jesus is picking up one of these meanings, and Nicodemus is picking up the other, and they don't really, they don't really understand. Nicodemus doesn't get it, OK? They're both, they're both talking about the different aspects of this Greek word anothen, born again. So Nicodemus picks up on, the, on the, the again meaning of the word. How can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asks. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. So he's picked up on this born again thing. But then Jesus answered, and the born above meaning, okay? Uh, Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. You see, he's talking about the born from above. Flesh gives birth to flesh, uh, the firstborn, uh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit, the birth from above. Uh, You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit, born from above, you see. So they're having this conversation based around the double meaning of this, of this word. And, uh, and Nicodemus doesn't really get, at this time, he doesn't really get it. It's very interesting that at the end of the gospel, uh, he is now a follower of Jesus. Uh, and he does get it eventually, uh, although we don't uh, read about what happened there. So this amazing new life, new birth, being born again, this amazing thing of being born from above, uh, that that God comes down and lives with us, uh, that's just reinforced in John chapter 14, verse 23. Let's have that there. Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. And the we there is corporate. That's Jesus, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit coming coming to us and and making their home with us this is not just a visit uh, this is this is coming to dwell with us coming to stay with us um, it's not just a visit it's a permanent residence and that's 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 what this new nature happened this is what's happening with our new identity and our new nature so all that we've said so far we haven't we haven't yet actually done anything, okay? As Christians and our new identity, we haven't done anything. We've only received what God has done. Um, All we've done really is said, yes, Lord, I want this. (laughs) Thank you. Please give it to me, okay? We haven't done anything. Um, This week, we're now looking at what we need to do, or, or the activity that arises out of this. Let's put it this way, because this is our new identity, we, we have a new way to behave and a new way to live. The new identity confirms some obligations on us. And, and we finished last week by saying, the, the thing we need to remember from last week is, be who you are in Christ. Be who you are in Christ. Uh, we have a new identity in Christ so now we have to live it out we have to live consistently with that this is important because the psychologists out there will tell you that uh, identity and actions must be coordinated must be consistent must must relate to each other um, you can't you can't be one way and act in another uh, as we are finding out in this world aren't we yes we're finding out all this all this question of identity and being and all this kind of stuff. Um, There there needs to be a consistency uh, between who we are and and what we do. Uh, Jesus is very critical of people who are inconsistent in their identity and their actions. And and I think you can see there's two ways of being inconsistent. Uh, The first group who were inconsistent were the Pharisees. And Jesus was very critical of them. Uh, their incons- inconsistency arose because they they lived a religious life, but they were unchanged in their identity. Uh, they were still, if you like, they were still sinners, <laughs> but they were they were living, pretending to live a religious life. There was an inconsistency between their identity and their actions. Uh, and Jesus described them like this, uh, it's not on the screen, uh, Matthew 23 uh, and verses 25 to 28, Jesus said this, "'Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites!' Okay, a hypocrite is someone who, who, who practices one thing and, 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 and his, his identity or his personality is another. Uh, "'You clean the outside of the cup and the dish,' Uh, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will also be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, uh, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. So there's their inconsistency. They are, their, their righteous lifestyle and their pretension to live that way is inconsistent with who they are. But of course, there's the opposite consistency. There, there can be the people who have this new identity as Christians, but then they're failing to live it out. Uh, and there's another consistency, and Jesus is equally unhappy with those guys. Um, Revelation chapter 3 Uh, verses 15 and 16. You can tell i got these verses later. They're not on the head overhead. Revelation 3, uh, 15 and 16. Excuse me. I'm just going to find that. Uh, Jesus says uh, to the church in Laodicea, I know your deeds, and of course their deeds are not sufficient, I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. Uh, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. D- Jesus doesn't like people who are Christian, but who are not living it out either. Uh, they are, he says, I wish you were hot or cold. You, you should either be uh, hot so that your actions and your identity work together and you're consistent, or you should be cold and just, just forget about both things. <laughs> Go back to the world and, and forget about living the Christian life but you're lukewarm, you're, you're a bit of both. <laughs> you, have a, you have a Christian identity, but you're not living it out. I know your deeds, says Jesus, and they're not enough. They're not consistent with who you are. So there's this, there's this, um, this terrible position to be in where our identity and our actions are not consistent. Uh, and, uh, uh, and, and yet there's hope, there is hope. <laughs> have a look at John chapter 15. Uh, how, how do we then live uh, as, as Christ wants us to live. How do we live the Christian life? How do we become transformed? Uh, John 15, 1-8, very famous words, but just, um, uh, just appreciate these words, what they're telling us about, about the relationship between identity and action, how we move from our new identity, our God-given identity, and we move towards putting, putting those things into practice, living out our identity. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Uh, Apart from me, you can do nothing. Uh, If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. If I moved on? Yes, here we go. Uh, This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So we've got this wonderful picture of of a vine and and dead branches that are grafted into it uh, to show us uh, the the, the relationship between identity and activity. Uh, So Jesus is the true vine, the living vine, and the branches that are grafted in, they're they're dead. They're dead branches that are grafted in. There's nothing going on there. There's no fruit, there's no leaves, there's no there's no nothing. (laughs) And yet the, the cut is made in the stem of the of the vine that that dead branch is put in, and shortly after the branch lives, leaves come out, and, and grapes appear, and it's like a miracle. It's amazing, but but can you see what happens? The the, the 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 grafting in is like what we were talking last week. The grafting in is justification and imputation of Christ's righteousness. It's it's becoming a child of God. It's the new birth. The dead branch is grafted into the vine. It's now part of the vine. Its status and its identity has changed. But then the life of the vine flows into the branch and the leaves and the grapes are produced. (laughs) And not because the branch has done anything really, but because the the, the branch is is locked into the vine and the life of the vine flows into the branch and transforms it. And, And so this is what we're thinking about this week. Be transformed by trusting in Jesus. The, the branches are, in a sense, are trusting in the vine <laughs> and, and, the, and, and they don't have to do anything. They just have, to, just have to remain in the vine and the life of the vine flows through and the fruit and the leaves are produced. And, and it's, it's, it's this side of, or it's this part that we're thinking about this morning. How, how, do, how does transformation happen? How, how do we get this new life? How do we live the new life? Well, we get it and we, 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 we partake in it by, by remaining in the vine. So God makes his home in us and we make our home in him. He remains in us and we remain in him. And that remaining and that abiding is the key to the, the, the flow of life from the vine into the branches and the key to the fruitfulness. Uh, somebody said last week, Julie, that uh, I didn't have any C.S. Lewis quotes, so i have going to set that right this week. Uh, the, the wonderful thing about C.S. Lewis is he takes all this stuff and he makes it simple and understandable and he writes about it so well. Uh, and I just love what he says about this, this, this process, this, this first side of transformation, this relying on Jesus for the new life. Uh, and he says this, now we begin to see what it is that the New Testament is always talking about. It talks about Christians being born again. It talks about them putting on Christ, about Christ being formed in us, about our coming to have the mind of Christ. Put right out of your head the idea that these are only fancy ways of saying that Christians are to read what Christ said and try to carry it out, as a man may read what Plato or Mark said and try and carry it out. Uh, they mean something much more than that. They mean that a real person, Christ, here and now, is doing things to you. It is not a question of a good man who died 2,000 years ago. It is a living man, still as much a man as you, and still as much God as he was when he created the world, really coming and interfering with your very self. Killing the old natural self in you and replacing it with the kind of self that he has. At first, only for moments then for longer periods. Finally, if all goes well, turning you permanently into a different sort of thing, into a new little Christ, a being which, in its own small way, has the same kind of life as God, which shares in his power joy, knowledge, and eternity." That's C.S. Lewis, whoops, describing what was on the board in John 15, Okay, Uh, Trusting in Jesus for our transformation. Uh, abiding in him so that his life flows through us and, and produces uh, the leaves and the fruit and everything else that God wants to see. Uh, think of Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit, born from above, love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, patience, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, uh, the, the the fruit of character. I I suppose there's two kinds of of fruit that God wants to see in us. Fruit of character, who we are. Our our characters are changed to reflect our new identity, but also our actions, the things we do, uh, should also be the fruit as well. So it's both being and doing uh, that that God wants to see in our lives and our new thoughts and and our new actions. So this is, the, this is the first side of transformation. It's trusting in Jesus. It's, it's drawing on his life and power uh, to, to change us, to, to enliven us, and to enable us to live the life that we should live, to, to bearing the fruit. Uh, the branch doesn't bear the fruit, or the branch doesn't produce the fruit. The, the branch just bears the fruit. The fruit comes from the life of the vine. The branch is just the, the conduit, the channel <laughs> for, the, for the life. Um, and and, and the, this first side of transformations, we said, is focusing on what God does for us. But transformation is a little bit different. You can also call it sanctification, if you want a nice phrase for that. Um, our identity is God-given, it's, it's all that God does for us in Christ. But transformation and sanctification, it, it, it's, it's, it's our work as well as God's. So it's a little bit different. Transformation and sanctification are different because we are also uh, involved. Uh, and there's a, a couple of verses in Romans which highlight this. Romans 8 verse 13. Have we got that one? I'm not sure if I... Yes, here we go. Uh, Romans eight thirteen highlights this. This cooperation in transformation, we have a role to play as well. Uh, Paul says this, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Uh, But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. And the second part is the illustration. If by the Spirit, you see, you put to death the misdeeds of the body. There's this cooperation. Okay. Um, Yes, it's up to us to put to death the misdeeds of the body we must be determined to resist temptation we must be determined to to stop sinning Uh, we have to do that it has to be in our own minds and actions and wills to put to death the misdeeds of the body but we can't do it we say lord i can't do it i don't have enough strength well lord says well that's fine do it by the spirit the Holy Spirit is in you to give you the power to say no to temptation and, 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 and to stop sinning and to actually change your actions and, and, and be transformed. So, so transformation is a, is, a, is a partnership, a cooperation with God. It's, it's all his power, but it's our will and our determination as well. So if, if we are not determined to put to death the misdeeds of the body, they won't be put to death doesn't matter if we have the Holy Spirit with us with all his power. The Holy Spirit says, well, I can't bring my power to bear because you don't want it. <laughs> it must be our will and our determination as well as the power of the Spirit working uh, together. Uh, Rico mentioned uh, Romans chapter 12. We'll just go there as well. So there's another addition. Uh, something else we can do or another part of the cooperation of the work that we do on our side Uh, romans chapter 12 verses 1 to 2 you'll know these verses as well Uh, paul says therefore i urge you brothers in view of god's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to god which is your spiritual worship Uh, do not confirm any long sorry conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is His good, pleasing, and perfect will, and I want to focus there on the command: be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, <laughs> so um, transformation um, is, is a part of it, as we've seen from uh, Romans eight. Part of it is our determination to live the new life and to say no to the old life and the old character and the old sinfulness. Um, but part of our, the transformation depends on our minds. It doesn't say. transformed by the renewing of your kidneys or anything okay it's your mind that that is the key to transformation your attitudes your thoughts uh your 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 determination um you know it's 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 the, the 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 key to a a changed behavior and a changed life is is your mind being transformed and it's god's word that that must fill our mind how how do I renew my mind in order to be transformed? Well, we renew our minds by getting into God's Word, uh, reading it, knowing it better, um, and, and having our, the, the way we think and our thought patterns actually need to become biblical. Uh, before we become Christians, we have worldly thought patterns and worldly thoughts and, and, and ways of thinking. Uh, and, and once we become Christians and get into God's Word, uh, we we renew our minds because we, because our, our minds become biblical, uh, and and Paul says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So so getting into God's word, we mentioned daily Bible study. I, d- I don't know how you studied the Bible. I mean, yeah, we've got all different. We're all different. We all study the Bible in different ways, but we all need it. <laughs> uh, Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Uh, because by renewing our mind, that's the key uh, to transformation. Let's just finish a little bit here. Uh, just to conclude, uh, two thoughts on this whole question of transformation and sanctification. Number one, it's both positive and negative. Okay? Sanctification has a positive aspect and also a negative one. Uh, the positive one is bearing good fruit, becoming like Christ, uh, living, living the good way, doing good things. Uh, uh, it's, it's a positive aspect, but it's also a negative, as we've seen from Romans 8. We need to get rid of the old man, the old person in our lives, stop sinning. Um, so it's positive and negative, uh, and also, secondly, just a reminder, it's both God's work and our work. And I'd just like to finish uh, with uh, some words of Grudem. Grudem's a wonderful book called Systematic Theology, um, and uh, this is what he says on, on sanctification. He says, it's important that we continue to grow both in our passive trust in God to sanctify us and in our active striving for holiness and greater obedience in our lives. Say that again, okay? It's important that we continue to grow both in our passive trust in God to sanctify us. That's, that's the branch, um, you know, uh, put into the vine and drawing on the life of the vine for its fruitfulness. That's, that's the passive trust in God. But also in our active striving for holiness and greater obedience in our lives. That's, that's our determination to live the new life. Uh, he says this, if we neglect active striving to obey God, we become passive, lazy Christians. It's the thing of, you know, let go and let God. The branch just says, oh, I'll just, I'll just lie here in, in the vine and just produce the fruit God, and go to sleep, you know. Um, that's, that's, that's the first error. If we only rely, if we think sanctification is only about uh, what God does in us, we, we go to sleep. Uh, If, on the other hand, if we neglect the passive role of trusting God and yielding to him, we become proud and overly confident in ourselves. We start to think that sanctification is all our own work and all our own effort and all our own determination, all my own Bible reading and my own renewal of my mind. And aren't I a great Christian? And and it's all, aren't I brilliant because because of all the work I've done to become a wonderful Christian? Well, that's terrible because you're back to where you started. You're relying on yourself again. So those are the two errors to miss. We, we need to have both of these things in, our, in balance, trusting in God to empower us for the new life and also being fully active and on the ball and determined to live the new life. Uh, Grudem says if, we, if it comes out of balance, in either case, he says, our sanctification will be greatly deficient if, we, if we're out of kilter. Uh, we must maintain faith and diligence to obey at the same time. Let's pray. Uh, Lord God, uh, we thank you for what you offer to us, uh, a new God-given identity uh, to be uh, justified, uh, to have our sin and shame removed, and to have this uh, new uh, nature of Christ's righteousness uh, put into us. Uh, And thank you, Lord, that this is your free offer to us in Christ, uh, and this is what you do in us to give us a new identity. Uh, but thank you, Lord, also, you don't let us stay there. You, you ask us to, to become who we are in Christ. You ask us to, uh, to draw on all this life and this new identity and to, and to become changed people, uh, to become little Christs, and, and to, to, to reflect you in both uh, who we are and in what we do. Lord, help us. Help us to maintain this consistency of, of trusting in you uh, to live the new life, Uh, And yet also to to be totally determined to live it for ourselves and to be totally determined to do away with sin and evil Mm -hmm. in our lives and to to grasp hold of the life that you want us to live. Lord, how can we do this on our own? We can't. We do this uh, by your spirit and we thank you, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, that, that you do come to us and dwell with us and remain with us and live with us even as we abide and live and remain in you. Uh, Lord, help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Rico Oveka, and I'm also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today, and it is my hope that you'll join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.